Hello and welcome to what is really the kind of the first The Orchard podcast. We did a little introduction, which hopefully you have seen, um, but we're excited to be diving in, aren't we, Amy? Yes. <laughs> yes, hello. Um, and uh, two things we just want to say before we jump in. The first thing is, uh, we said this in the, in the introduction, I'm pretty sure, that this the whole kind of feel, the whole vibe of this isn't going to be some like super polished, highly professional <laughs> podcast, because obviously we could produce something like that, couldn't we, Amy? Oh, yeah, I was going to speak for yourself, Rachel, yes. this side of the screen. You know. Yeah, that side <laughs> of the screen looks very professional. But um, more we just wanted to this to feel like Amy and I having a conversation, which is something that we do quite frequently. Uh, we chat on the phone, we just encourage each other, we pray for one another. And we wanted that kind of feel to come across in the Orchard podcast. So that's what we're going after. So we're gonna hit record and keep going, come what may. We may have interruptions from various family members. So unless Amy, you know, swears or farts or yells at me, which she has been known to do, all three of those things. Not That's not true. true. That's not true, actually, not true. Maybe, not when true. we were teenagers. Yeah, <laughs> but um, we're just going to keep going. So that's the first thing. That's kind of the feel of it. The second thing is, uh, if you saw the introduction, you'll know that we are launching into a series, a bit of a series, and we're looking at the fruits of the spirit uh, that, that we read about in Galatians. I'm sure a bunch of you will be familiar with those. And it's essentially these nine character traits, these fruits, this sort of outworking of what happens when a person's life is, is in the spirit. And uh, we just thought this was a great few verses, great topic to kind of get our teeth into over the next few weeks. And it really ties in with this vision of the orchard, this idea that, that our lives are like trees, this metaphor of the tree that we read in Jeremiah and all through the Bible, this idea that we're like trees with our roots that sort of go down deep into the soil of God's word and his presence and his goodness, and that our lives should bear fruit like a tree. And this idea that this fruit is produced in every season, whether it's drought or storm or whatever's going on, we should produce fruit. And it's very easy to think that the fruit should be like external stuff, accomplishments, successes, stuff that we get done. And, and as Christians, we are supposed to kind of get good stuff done. But what's fascinating about Galatians is that the fruit that Paul describes is an internal thing. These are internal fruits that should be cultivated as we live lives in step with Jesus, uh, in the spirit. And it's, a, it's about character, ultimately, which feels really timely right now in a culture that is obsessed with sort of accomplishment and success. Actually, this is a chance to really look at what, uh, what the Bible says about this fruit that should come from a life lived in step with the spirit about these inner fruits that should be cultivated uh, as we do that. And so week one, we are going to jump into the first one. And Amy, the first <laughs> one is drum roll. Yes. Today, we're going to be talking about love. Love, love. Yes. Oh, Maybe forgot the heart. Boom, 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 boom. There we go. With your lovely orangey red jumper. Sunset, sunset orange, I'll call it. Sunset orange, sunset orange. It's beautiful. Um, but yeah, Rachel and I are going to um, yeah, just have a chat about what it looks like um, to love God, as, as Rachel said, to cultivate that devotion to him and what it looks like to love others. Because we're really talking about the, 
great commandment here that we are commanded by God to love him before anything else um, and then love others. And, um, and I, you know, like you, Rach, certainly for me, I am on a journey um, in this regard. And, um, you know, even as I think about, um, you know, to love the Lord your God, you know, before anything else, um, I just think of all the other things that I love, you know, all the other things that take my attention, all the other things that I serve in place um, of loving God first. And I think my prayer, certainly for myself and I, is that how do I, Lord, I want to serve you only. I want to, I want to serve you only. I want to serve you with my affection, my devotion, my time, my, you know, everything. Um, and, uh, and so really it'd be, we're just going to have a bit of a chat about how, we even begin to cultivate that. Like Rachel said, that we're on a journey of cultivating this in our lives. Um, and uh, and even, I don't know, yeah, where does that even sit with you with the idea of worshipping him only? Yeah, I think it is a worship issue, isn't it? That's the point. And as you said, as human beings, we have this predisposition to constantly want to worship other things. And it's easy to miss this, I think, because when we talk about, lofty terms like worship or even like idols and idolatry which essentially means to worship something else other than god it all feels a little bit lofty like oh well, that's not me you know i haven't got sort of a, an idol sitting on my shelf at home you know <laughs> yeah but actually this is very very pertinent for followers of jesus in the 21st century because the culture that we live in, the environment that we exist within is constantly wanting yeah. to lure our affection and our attention towards other things. You know, there are narratives within our culture that will feed us lies about the things that we should worship, the things that we should give our lives to. And we might not necessarily recognize it initially as worship. But um, there's some uh, little little book drops in there. There's a brilliant book by Tim Timothy Keller called Counterfeit God, which is all about idolatry. Massively recommend that. I've just I've just read uh, a book by John Tyson called Beautiful Resistance, and in there he talks about idolatry. Really powerful. And actually, I'm quoting John Tyson now, quoting this uh, this other guy, um, this novelist. Uh, called uh, David Foster Wallace. And I just thought this was so interesting. He says this, pretty much anything that you worship, and then again, the context of sort of love, this is about what we give that deepest love to. Anything you worship will eat you alive. He went on to say that if you worship money and things, you will never have enough. If you worship beauty and sexual allure, you will feel ugly. If you mm. worship power, you will feel weak and afraid. If you worship intelligence, you will end up feeling stupid. And essentially, God calls us to love him first, because as Amy said, anything that we, anything that we direct that worship, that love towards that isn't him will spiritually kill us. And I so resonate with that that sentiment in that quote, this idea that if, I know for me, the biggest challenge that I have is, is not to make an idol, not to worship physical beauty, not to make that my goal. Not, not, and I know so much uh, in, in the past, I have found that my affection, my attention, my thinking is towards this goal, towards sort of this, this physical idea of beauty, 
and mm. I've got to live up to that somehow. And so it consumes everything. And actually, one of the things that I've had to do practically over the years is like dethrone the idol of physical beauty. Because as this quote brilliantly says, the more you make that an idol, the uglier you feel. You know, if you make sort of intelligence or success your idol, then the more stupid and unintelligent you will feel. And so God says, love me first. Love mm. me before anything, because that is the foundation. That is going to be the best thing that you can do with your life, is to love me first. So I, I'm just thinking, Amesy, then what does that look like for you in practice? How yeah. do you... How do you do that? How do you dethrone those other idols, those other things that are constantly fighting for our attention? And how do we make sure yeah. that God gets our first love? Yeah, it's just interesting hearing what you were saying. I do, um, I think for, you know, I resonate with so much of what you were saying as well. But I think even for me, the, the, there are subtle things, aren't there, as well at play? You know, even um, how much we... Um, live our lives um you know in service to god but also that subtle you know oh but i'm also serving other people's approval or i'm serving other people's um affection you know where probably a lot of it kind of comes down to anyway this desire for other people to um to think that we're great or to think that we're beautiful or to think that we're intelligent you know whatever it is whatever the idol is so and i think put, um you almost put other people's opinion of us like on the throne do you know what is that absolutely yeah. yeah and so i think um and so i think for me certainly and i'm so i'm very much on this journey but um but it has been about um replacing um that voice um and you know and actually as we're talking about us giving our worship to god it's also about receiving you know we talk about the gifts of the spirits it's about receiving his gift this gift of love and actually um i think i said this at the um i said this at the the orchard i think when we were in person um but that the word love in Deuteronomy, where we first hear this commandment to love the Lord your God, that word love is a covenant, you know, covenant meaning promise. It's a it's a, it's a promise, a covenant to love the Lord your God, like a, a choice. And so that's one thing that we make that choice to love, but also that we we know that he's made that covenant with us, that there's a covenant with, through the, through Jesus Christ, death and resurrection. There's a there's a promise of his, you know, sort of unconditional, um, totally approved of, you know, that we are loved beyond measure um, promise. And as we sort of receive that truth, as we receive that truth, um, it, there, there, there's an exchange that happens um, over time where we, where we don't, um, where we then worship and not receive um, the other voices and the the lure of the other idols to fulfil something that's already being fulfilled by God. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does, and I think that's, I think that's the other really important thing around this, this fruit of the spirit being the first one being love is that you know, we've, we've got to cultivate loving God, worshipping God in, in our sort of everyday practices, isn't it? You know, whether that's sticking on a, a worship song, reading the Bible, giving thanks, whatever we yeah. do in our everyday life to cultivate habits, practices of ascribing our love, ascribing our worship to God. But it's also about us receiving the love of God. And this is where 
the Holy Spirit comes in, right? Yeah, I love, I love what it says. I can't remember whether it's Ephesians or Romans. Ah! Um, anyway, but in the moment, but where it talks about the spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children, beloved children of God. And one of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit is to communicate, to witness, to tell our spirits that we're loved, that we're children of God. And so, again, in the context of Galatians 5, these fruits of the spirit, what it, what it looks like when we're living in the spirit when the roots of our lives are going deep down into the presence of God, into the truth of God, into the goodness of God, actually yeah. we should live like in the knowledge, in the experience, in the oh, like almost like the peace of I'm yeah. loved by God. I am mm. loved by God. And this yeah. is like this is like the basics of discipleship, isn't it? Like, <laughs> is the basics of what it means to follow Jesus. You are loved. And yet, oh my goodness, sometimes it is so hard, isn't it? It is so hard to live in and to live out knowing, knowing, yeah. that, knowing that we are loved by God. And actually, Ainsley, you know, one of the things that I think I've seen in your life is you make that journey. I have seen the fruit of that. And it's the long, it's the long journey, you know, as Eugene Peterson, you know, that long obedience in the same direction. I've seen that. I've seen you go from, mm. you know, a, a, a late teen, early 20s, who <laughs> there was sort of insecurity there, etc. And 20 years on, I see the fruit of your life as somebody that knows yeah. they are deeply loved by God. How have you done it? How have you done that? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, I mean, for me, like you said, I think it is the practice. I think it is the, it's the practice of receiving that truth, you know, deeply, you know, that I am a daughter of God. Nothing can separate me. Um, basically Romans, you know, read, you know, memorizing Romans. Um, but, you know, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. That isn't just something that you make pretty and put on your wall. That is like, that is rock that I, that I stand on. Mm -hmm. You know, when you fully receive that truth that there is nothing, there's not, there's no imperfection. There's no bad you know, bad day. There's no bad parenting moment. There's no, you know, there's nothing, you know, that will stop God loving me. That's a profound statement. <laughs> um, and one that I have built my life on, um, you know, day after day, basically. Um, and I think once you, as you, as you sort of, as I have anyway, received that truth and have um, spoken it into me, the, you know, more than all the other voices that we are, that we can choose to speak into us. Um, then it, I think that you, you're, you're able to trust his, um, you would sort of trust his voice in, um, in, in ways in which he tells you where I am serving other things. So as I sort of walked forward, I felt these whispers of like, oh, let, you know, what about this area of your life? Or what about this area that's not given over to me? Or what about this area that you give too much attention to, or it controls you, or it, you know, or you give a, too much affection. Yeah. And you, as you receive his love, you're able to journey with him and giving over more and more of those, um, 
yeah yeah those areas that aren't given over aren't given um it go aren't you're you're sort of worshiping aside as a side um from him um and so as I've given over more of my life I've just I think I've just become more um free I guess I was gonna say more free that's what it looks like isn't it? it that that's what it looks like it looks like freedom and I think in in one sense it does seem really simple like receive god's love like god loves (laughs) you unconditionally just receive it like just receive it It does feel like it should be really really easy and really simple yeah yet there are these things there there is stuff that just gets in the way isn't there there's stuff that constantly challenges that and and that's why I think it's really interesting this idea that the spirit testifies with our spirit that we're beloved children of God like not just once but over and over and over again and I know me I have had to allow the spirit to do that over and over and over over again like Holy Spirit I need you again please just remind me, pour in the love of God, the unconditional love of God, because X, Y, and Z is pulling against that truth. And I think it's important to talk about some of the things that get in the way. Like I know for me, uh, shame, like shame is a big one, isn't it? And you'll know shame is one of my favorite topics because I think, um, because I think for so many people, they live under this heavy weight of shame and it is so not... God's desire for us and often we can misinterpret shame as as conviction and and conviction is a really good thing but we have to be really discerning and work out what is coming from the Holy Spirit to to convict us in a really healthy way and what is coming from the pit of hell to make us feel ashamed and to rob us to rob us of that this um this pouring in that God wants to do of his love and and for me I I I did experience quite a bit of shame um, uh, early on in my in my walk with Jesus, really. And it, it was a, a lot of it was rooted around this. I talked about physical beauty. It was this sort of it was kind of it was began really in this this belief that I had that I was ugly, uh, you know, and that created quite a lot of shame in my life. And that led to me making really poor decisions when it came to kind of relationships and men, et cetera, et cetera. And then that created more shame because I knew that I was really making stupid mistakes. And so then, you know, rather than running towards God, I just felt ashamed. And that shame just kept me from God. And the shame voice, the shame narrative is God couldn't love you. Like, there's no way God could love you. Look at what you've done. Like, look at the choices you've made. How could a perfect, clean, beautiful God love somebody like you? And that shame kept me away from God actually for a really long time, as you know, Amy. Um, and and so I think it's identifying, isn't it? Maybe there, maybe there are people even tuning into this now. And actually, as I say that, you're like, mm, that's me. I know that mm. there's... There are narratives of shame and they can come from different places. It might be that we had really, I had, we both had brilliant parents who Mm. spoke love into our lives all the time. But for some, it will come from our family experience, you know, that we were made to feel ashamed for whatever reason. And I think, and maybe Ainsley, I know, you know, you, you might want to speak into this, but I think there's something powerful around this idea of sort of working to be loved. I think we can fall into this trap of rather than I'm going to do this because I'm loved, I'm going to do this job or I'm going to 
make this choice out of a place of love rather than I'm going to do this because it might make me more loved by other people. Mm. I, I don't know whether that has been mm. your experience, little leading question there. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I think it is about, um, I don't know, I, again, I've said this to you, Rachel, before, but I think in the last um, couple of years for me, um, it just been this journey of, um, I think I always felt like freedom or wholeness or uh, looked like um, even potentially um, life looking better. <laughs> um, and I think that is a byproduct often. But I, I think what I've realized is that, um, is that actually God wants to, um, God wants to, come in to every part of our lives and I think even the um you know the sort of the shame that you were talking about Rachel that that actually that's what sort of keeps us away or we feel like we can't let him in or we can't receive his love until we've become more whole or got our lives sorted or whatever it is um and I just think that there is this um very clear invitation to allow God in to the imperfection mm. um, and actually letting God into the imperfection and, and giving yourself to God in all of your mess is the most freeing thing you can do, you know, today. Um, and, uh, and I just, I've always been taken by that, the, that the image of, um, of Mary, you know, pouring perfume on Jesus' feet is that her life, you know, so, her life was messy and it will maintain mess after yeah, that act yeah. of devotion. Yet she is in the most free place. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, and, and so often we see in the scriptures of Jesus wanting to, um, to meet us in our greatest place of shame, in our greatest place of imperfection and you you know you might be feeling if you're watching this right now um I've certainly have over the last <laughs> year um but last how hour. you know your we our imperfections are so exposed right now aren't they yeah. all our desires to want to be you know better yeah. and more whole and actually the invitation is to to not hide like shame wants us to hide shame wants us to run away um but actually to invite his presence there's no shame in his presence that's why the enemy wants us to hide yeah that's you know there's no shame in his presence and so when we 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 invite him in we enter his presence um and allow jesus to um show us his love um in the imperfection you know um and that's where freedom is that's where wholeness is um as opposed to making ourselves perfect or oh we'll enter you know we'll allow we'll allow the love of god in or we'll allow his presence to make us better people yeah you know that's not the end the end is a surrendered life devoted and given over to Jesus and receive his love do you know what I mean I do I do and I think that's why that's why even though it's the basics you know and I've heard it a million times you know God loves you you know if you were the only yeah God you know God loves you because he loves you because he loves you because he loves you and I say it to my kids and da 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 we, 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 we never graduate from that, do we, as followers of Jesus? No. We never graduate from needing to be reminded 
and and we, needing the spirit to fill us with his love. And I think it's interesting, again, thinking about this as a fruit, that if we think about love as a fruit of the spirit, it's about ascribing love, worship to God. It's about receiving love from the Holy Spirit, uh, the love of God through the Holy Spirit. But yeah. it's also that, that, that greatest commandment that you mentioned, it's, it's to love others as ourselves, isn't it? Yeah. So that fruit, the fruit of love that's cultivated within us, will externally look like us pouring out love towards others. And this is interesting when we think about love again in the culture that we're in right now, because we're in a culture that is obsessed with romantic love obsessed with romantic love you can't yeah. i mean we did it didn't we you can't really say the word love in the culture that we're in without people immediately thinking about romance mm. relationships and da, da, da. and of course lots of people listening to this will know that in the bible uh, the word love can be translated into different ways there are different kinds of love in the greek language there are there are mm. these different words for love, which is, is really helpful for us to understand because the love that's talked about in this context is agape love, the, the love that is unconditional. And love is about sacrifice. And I mean, we could open up a whole conversation about what that means in the context of marriage, what that means in the context of parenting, in the context of friendship, in the context of serving the poor, etc., cetera, um, which we won't do. You can breathe a sigh of relief from these <laughs> topics. But I do think it's worth touching on because it would be easy just to stop there, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. okay, we love God. God loves us. Lovely. But it, it, God goes further than that. He's like, yes, love me. I'm going to pour my love into you. But then you pour love out. Mm. And that, oh, man, where do we go from there? Because it's... <laughs> but it'd be great just to say a few things about that what what do you think yeah um yeah I think yeah I mean you so you know you know when you first fell in love with Tim oh yeah 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 I you know it's that classic isn't it you can't you you couldn't shut you up could you (laughs) You um still can't, you, know, really. you still can't <laughs> um but even you know as you you know you fell in love with each other you know you just want to share it don't you and so I think there is a natural um used to anyone who knows you I just think for me you know if you have a if you're feeling loved you just love more don't you yeah. Yeah. you know and if you're feeling like if someone's been really kind to you, you're just kinder. Yeah. You know, when you're grumpy and when you're, you know, you're and never when you're grumpy, Amy. I've never <laughs> seen you grumpy. Now that is actually quite true. <laughs> but, really grumpy. But you know, when you're um it's just a it's just a natural overflow, as we know. And I think, and I think it is um and so, and so I think, again, it's like, yeah, it's a choice and it's a command and it's like, yeah, we've got to love and we've got to serve and we've got to. But I just think for me personally, if I'm not loving people well, if I'm not thinking of others or being unkind, mm. I've got to look at my, I've got to look in, I've got to look inside, you know, well, why it- am I, yeah, why am I not? Yeah, go on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you go, you go, you go, you go. Why am I? You know, just that. You know what? Instead of oh, I'm tomorrow. I must 
love better you know it's like oh lord i am i am not i am not feeling loved right now i'm something is blocking the flow here and again that sounds like really idealistic but there is a it's a real um i think we need to um look at ourselves when we're leaking unkindness in that way and i think not and i think we're so quick to rush to trying harder when actually it's like oh no what's going on in my soul (laughs) and I think that's exactly it that it is a natural flow isn't it love God receive his love love others and we shouldn't try and do it in the reverse order yes so so true Amy that if you're leaking (laughs) leaking a lack (laughs) of love all over the place then you need to probably take a step back which is I'm probably not being intentional enough right now about receiving his love. Absolutely. If I'm struggling to receive his love, then I probably need to take a step back from there and work out why am I struggling to receive his love? Is it because I'm just too busy? Is it because there's something in the way? Is there shame getting in the way? Or is there idolatry getting in the way? So it's almost like, it's like a, like, you know, like fixing a car, which is something I don't know anything about. (laughs) You know, you've got to keep or diagnosing a problem. It's like, okay, well, yes. we'll back there. Let's strip it back. Okay, all right. I think that is so good. I think that is yeah. so, so good. And it's interesting. I think about, you know, you talk about love just sort of flowing out. And I think that's true. I do think that's true that when you're feeling loved, it's more easy to love. But I also think, and this is pretty countercultural, I think, in the world that we're in right now, Love is a choice, you know. Yeah, it is. Someone said to me very unromantically, love is not a feeling, it's an act, <laughs> it's an act of the will. <laughs> it's true though, it is true. I know he was quoting some country singer. It's like, wow, Tim, that is the least romantic thing you have ever said to me. But we all know if you know, if we're in a covenantal love relationship yeah. with someone. You know, we, we've just, as you know, we've just started fostering this baby, this little baby who is utterly adorable. And, you know, she requires a lot of my time and attention and my love. Yeah. And she is pretty adorable. So it is quite easy to love her. But it's also a sacrifice. You know, I am sacrificing my time. I'm sacrificing my sleep, as you can tell. But um, I know there are moments, you know, where I'm in the middle of the night and I'm being woken up again and I'm like, I can feel that sort of seeds of sort of resentment, like, oh, I'm so done. I am so (laughs) done. Yeah. And I do. It's funny. I do. I'm like, no, okay. I need to go back to the source because when we signed up to do this fostering adventure, I knew there was no way we were going to be able to do it in our own strength, that we were going to have to be sustained by the Lord. And so every time I have those moments, I'm like, okay, God, I'm coming back to you. I'm coming back to you. And it's that same principle, isn't it? That if we're not pouring out love, we're probably not in a space where love is being poured in. Yeah. I think, um, I think also, you know, even when we think about loving others, um, I don't know about you, Rachel, but so much of um, receiving God's love is receiving it, receiving God's love through others. Yeah. And so it's a lovely cycle, isn't it? Where actually as we love 
as we love others and we're loved by others, we're also receiving his love and we're also loving God, you know, like, it, you know, like, it, you know, like Jesus says, you know, what you did for these, you've done for me. Yes, yes. You know, so actually we love God as we love each other. You know, I'm often thinking, you know, as I am serving my family or my husband, you know, I'm like, I'm doing, I'm serving you, Lord. You know, yeah. I'm, you know, like you're serving summer at the moment, you know, you know, I, um, you know, I, I'm serving you um, in this place. But I think also um, just a real practical tip, like get yourself some really good friends yeah. that love God and love you. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, like for Rachel and I, um, she is the greatest sister in all the land. Um, uh-huh. But I've received, you know, I've received so much of God's love through you and yeah. other friendships in ways that we can, um, I, you know, have a, wonderful friends who praise over me and praise God's God's truth over me and pray prophetically and have words and and it and it and again you know good friends you know friends that point you to Jesus um are ways in which then we receive you know that cycle um continues and so as we step out and pray for others and you know have words for others and encourage others they're also receiving God's love you know and so I think it can work like that too yeah, it makes me think, I was chatting to one of my kids who was having a bit of a sort of a friendship moment. And I said, you be the friend that you want to have. You be yeah. the friend. You start being the friend that you that you want to have. And it's, it's kind of like that, isn't it? Sometimes we have to initiate. Uh, and it's easy yeah. to think, well, people aren't loving me like that. You know, it's like, well, you start. You, you kick off. You kick off. <laughs> And see what yeah. happens. And the risk is you might not get it back in return, but that's yeah, that's always that's always the risk. I was thinking we should probably. Do you have any yeah. sort of? Shall I just shall I just read these verses and then maybe you could pray for us? Yeah, I love this. This is Paul writing to the Ephesian church, and um, oh, every time. So this is this is my prayer to you, Amy, and to the the, the four people that will watch this. Uh, <laughs> Who knows? Um, and uh, they've got through to the end. Yeah, they've made it through to this. Bit. Well done. If you've made it this far, well done you. Okay, here we go. Uh, Ephesians 3.14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Mm. Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and I pray that you being rooted and established in love yes power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide how long how high how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God isn't that awesome? That is. Oh. Awesome. Why don't you pray? Pray for us. Yeah. So maybe you, just wherever you are, and it might be chaotic. It might be really peaceful. But let's just. Why don't you take a moment and just extend your hand as though you're receiving this gift? You know, we're talking about the gifts of the spirit here. So let's receive this gift, um, and uh, and so Holy Spirit, we um, we invite your presence into every home that might be listening to this. And I ask now, um, Holy Spirit, would you testify 
with spirits um, right now that they are daughters of you, God. So Holy Spirit, we, um, we thank you for who you are. And I ask now that you would move, um, that these wouldn't just be words, Lord. I pray that whatever has um, been spoken right now um, that is of you, I pray would stick and go deep. And I pray anything that's not of you would just wash away now. And we ask, Lord, that you would build, um, would you build your people? Would you build us, Rach and I, and those that are watching now to, um, to grow in love of you, Lord, to, to risk everything to follow you? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, amen. Amen. I quite enjoyed that. Did you? Yeah. Yes, we hope we hope you did too. <laughs> and you can tune in for the next one, which will be Joy. Oh, Joy. Joy. We better stop, otherwise, we're going to keep rabbiting on. So good to be with you, and we'll see you again soon. Bye.